Welcome church, how are we all doing today? Hey, today we're inside the church because it's so smoky outside that we thought we would worship inside. So those of you on Facebook and YouTube and everywhere else on the internet, hello, how are you doing? Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna have some great worship this morning. This is a terrific song called Everlasting God. Here we go. All right, you get home. Now we can sing at home. We can do it here. Here we go. Come on now. Strength will rise, we rise upon the Lord. Yes, we rise upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise, we'll wait upon the Lord. Yes, we'll wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord, our God. Strength of you. 
everlasting God. Absolutely. Hello, everybody. How are we all doing? We're excited to be worshiping here this morning in a wonderful, wonderful. Now, I will tell you that it was 111 degrees last week out there, and we worshiped. And today it's 73, but it's so smoky that we have to be inside. So enjoy at home. We got a wonderful message for you and, and lots of great stuff. So we're going to do some more worship here. This is a song that we introduced to you about a month ago called Jesus Messiah. Messiah, 
as Messiah, Lord of all. One more time. Jesus Messiah, Lord of all. Lord of all. Now I'd like you to just kind of sit here and think about what God has done for you. And understand, by worshiping Him, brings you closer. And understand, He's the light of your world. He's taken you out of darkness and brought you into light. You're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Amen. Light of the world, you step down into darkness you open my eyes and let me see beauty that made my heart adore you hope for a life spent with you so here I together wonderful to me King of all days oh so highly exalted glory in heaven above and humbly you came to the earth you for love and became poor here I am to worship here I am to bow down here I am to say that you're my God you're all together lovely all together worthy all together And I'll never know how much it cost to see 
church. Uh, like Ron said, we are inside today uh, just due to the hazardous air quality outside on the lawn. It looks like we probably will be on the lawn again next week if everything kind of continues on the same trajectory. Uh, so just wanted to let you know that. Be prepared to come back for the lawn next week. Uh, then also, uh, prayer and Bible study. We're still having those this week uh, via Zoom. Uh, if you could join at 6.50, uh, 10 minutes early for Pastor Charlie so he can help you join. Uh, prayer, uh, 6.50 on Tuesday, and Bible study, 6.50 p.m. on Wednesday. There are, uh, just as a reminder, there's three options. You can, uh, three ways you can join us. You can join us for Church on the Lawn, um, which will be starting again next week most likely. Uh, you can also join us on Facebook or YouTube, so a lot of you are probably watching us that way. So please invite your friends and family to watch it. Uh, we've been getting tremendous views, so that's pretty awesome. A lot of people will wa watch us also throughout the week. Uh, then also I want to just let you know today uh, Margaret's going to be teaching on all of my mind for the elementary on Facebook at 1230, Facebook Live. And then Sully is going to be teaching Sully and Karen together. I don't know if you caught their... Uh, little duo last week. Uh, it was pretty funny, and uh, I think they're just going to do better this week at 12.30 on YouTube Live uh, for the youth and young adults. Uh, and then I just wanted to, just the scheduling matter, uh, at the end of the month, the last Sunday of the month of September, I'm going to be interviewing Terry McFadden-Solomon uh, as part of the youth and young adult broadcast, and that's going to be at noon. We're just going to change it just for that day only um, just to make it easier on Terry so I can interview her. It'll be on YouTube Live at noon, but all the other times, the youth and young adult broadcast will be at 12.30. So just FYI that that's coming up. It's going to be really exciting. I got a picture from her high school days, so you're not going to want to miss that. Um, then we've been talking about registering to vote, uh, and so I've just been talking to some of you, uh, and I know a lot of people are not watching the news right now because of all of the craziness going on. Um, so we wanted to give you uh, just some options to really kind of help you uh, stay informed and be filled with hope rather than with fear. So the first uh, thing that you can do is you can go to decisionmagazine.com. It's got a lot of really great articles uh, just to keep you informed about what's going on from a biblical perspective. It's really important as Christians that we are learning about what's going on. If we want a biblical worldview, we need news from a biblical perspective. Um, so Decision Magazine is put out by the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Um, and then also another option is the Christian Broadcasting Network. Uh, it's CBN. 
www.thepeacekeepers.com. That's a really great option. You can go online to their website. Um, or uh, both Decision Magazine uh, and CBN, you can like or follow Franklin Graham or uh, CBN News on Facebook uh, or Instagram, and that's a really great way to get up-to-the-minute news. Also, I don't know if you know this, I just found this out last night, but CBN uh, has an app. If you download CBN fam the CBN Family app, and then once you've downloaded it, click Live on your phone or on your television, uh, they've actually got three 24-7 channels. Like last night, I just discovered it, and to be honest with you, instead of watching Secular News, I watched the CBN Family uh, channel, and I found out that there's like this whole a bunch of Muslims in Iran are actually converting, especially Muslim women are converting to Christianity. Uh, and I didn't know about it. And it just gave me a lot of hope and inspiration to go out and witness and uh, share the gospel with other people here. Because if it can happen there, it can happen here. So just we wanted to give you those options to fill you with hope so that you're not filled with fear and uh, so you can get your news from a biblical perspective. Uh, then lastly, online giving. You can give online. Uh, it's newheartforyou.com slash give dash online. Or you can mail a check to New Heart Foursquare Church, 380 East Covina Boulevard, Covina, California, 91722. All right, and so that's it for our announcements for today. But what I'm going to be doing is, because Sully is teaching the youth and young adults on YouTube Live today, I'm going to be doing our little five-minute uh, mini youth sermon. And so what I wanted to talk to the youth and young adults today about is um, what we're going to be talking on the book of Esther. But before I get started in talking about Esther, I think a lot of uh, I, what I've noticed among a lot of youth and young adults, there's kind of three things that I hear a lot or kind of sense, uh, even if they don't actually say them. The three kind of objections to learning about scripture are, you know, the Bible is boring. Uh, the Bible isn't relevant to me. And God can't really use me anyway because I'm too young. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to go through uh, kind of the story of Esther, and I'm going to just explain why, even though you may feel those things, if you really took the time and the effort uh, to learn about the Bible and to really understand it, you'd realize that those things are not true at all. In fact, it's actually the exact opposite. Um, so the story of Esther, just so you all know, she became queen uh, of Persia around the age of 15. So that's like, you know, middle school, high school age. And she saved God's people, the Jewish people, in her early 20s. So that's like college, young adult age. So to say that you're too young for God to do amazing things with you, well, that's just inaccurate because Esther, who's one of the, you know, mightiest women in scripture, was used, you know, in high school and in college when she was that age. Uh, and so for those that don't know the story of Esther, what happened was there was an evil man named Haman, and he was trying to use the government, use the king, uh, and he was planning and plotting for one day to destroy all of God's people, the Jewish people. And so Esther was queen um, at the time. And just so you know, Esther, in order to be queen, she had to be a virgin. She had to uh, be pure uh, in, uh, you know, in, in terms of her relationships with men. Uh, in order to be queen. And so I say that because it's very important. You know, the world is trying to attack uh, our young people today and trying to tell them that uh, the way to go is uh, to be promiscuous and to not be pure. And let me just tell you something. If you are not doing, if you're not staying pure, you're allowing the enemy to rob you of your destiny. Now, also I want to say, if 
if you've made mistakes in the past, it's okay. God can redeem you. It's not over. Um, the battle has not been won. You can um, ask for forgiveness and move forward, and he can redeem you and make you pure again. But just I want to let all the young people out there know that if you do not um, stay pure sexually, uh, you are allowing the enemy to rob you of your destiny and God's calling on your life. So it's just so important because Esther never would have been able to save God's people had she not stayed pure. Um, and so uh, with this evil plot of Haman, he was trying to convince the king to kill all of the Jewish people, all of God's people. And Esther, in order to save God's people and speak to the king, she had to go in his chamber. Um, but the problem was even the queen, if she went into the chamber of the king of Persia, she could be killed on the spot if he was not pleased. But if he was pleased, he would lift up his scepter and she would be spared. So I just want to let you know that um, even with coronavirus, even with the, the, the fear of possibly getting sick or something even worse happening to you, we still have to uh, obey the calling of the Lord and know that God can use us even during this time because Esther you know, had the threat of death and she still obeyed God and she saved God's people because she was wise and she listened to the Lord and she um, took a risk, but it was uh, well worth it. Um, so she went into the king's chamber and he lifted his scepter, thankfully, and she was spared. And she was able to tell him of the plot of the evil Haman. And so then in Esther 9.1, what ended up happening was, now in the twelfth month, which is the month of Adar, on the thirteenth day of the same, when the king's command and edict were about to be carried out, on the very day when the enemies of the Jews hoped to gain the mastery over them, the reverse occurred. The Jews gained mastery over those who hated them. So you see this story. God's using a young person. There's drama. There's intrigue. A whole people could have been wiped out. But yet, instead, at the very last minute, God reversed it. And you know what ended up happening? Haman was um, executed. All of his ten sons were hanged. All of his supporters were um, uh, basically uh, brutally executed. So you got the drama, the intrigue, the violence. I mean, look at the violence that we have on television and in video games. Young people like violence, but there's violence littered all throughout Scripture. It's, it's interesting. It's something that um, you really have to dig deep into to find out the value and, and the, the benefit of it. And then we have just the, the, the relevance here in terms of the attacks on our purity, the attacks on the church that are going on right now with trying to lock us down, with trying to shut us down so that we can't meet with um, trying to uh, prevent our influence from spreading throughout society. See, Esther, what was going on in Esther is repeating itself today. And we have to believe and we have to know that if we are bold enough to stand up for God and to do what God has called us, he is going to reward us. And he is going to flip the script on those that are coming after the church and trying to prevent us from being influential. So I just want to encourage you today, you know, Take the time. Look at Scripture. The reason why you think Scripture is not relevant or that it's boring is because the culture around you, your friends at school, don't know about the Bible. You're not hearing about it on a regular basis. So it's unknown and it's hidden. But you have to take the time to really learn what Scripture has to say because it is relevant and it is really exciting and it's got a lot of drama and it's got a lot of intrigue. Um, so uh, I just wanted to share that with you. I hope that was helpful and encouraging to you. So now um, I'm going to give it over to my dad, and he's going to give our sermon for today on God is for us. Amen. Thank you, Charles, for bringing a, a relevant word to us. How many Esthers do we have out there? Let me see your hands. Okay. Very good. How many Mordecais do we have out there? 
Okay, raise your hand. God bless you. Well, I'm excited to give you the message today. I really am excited. I miss you out on the lawn. I miss you in the church, but someday we'll be together again. Amen. So let's pray. Father, I thank you that as we come together today as a church, we thank you that we receive your spirit and your words that will encourage and enlighten us to do the things that you've called us to do. Lord, I thank you that you're touching the people where they're at, whether they're listening uh, on YouTube, Facebook, or on audio, that God, you're going to touch them and change their hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray and all agreed said, amen. Well, we're going to continue today with the three facets of our relationship with the Lord. God is with us, God is for us, and God is in us. This is amazing. What kind of a promise is that? God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, uh, I have, the plans that I have for you are for good and not for evil, to give you a future and give you a hope. And then he says, I'm going to come on the inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What, what? It can't get any better than that. The God of all creation said, I'll be with you wherever you go. Whatever you do, wherever you go, whatever, whatever you say, I'll be there with you, and I'll be for you. I'm backing you up, and I'm going to be on the inside of you. So wherever you go, he's there with you. Sometimes we go to places that we're not supposed to be, but God is trapped. He said, I'm with you. I'm in you, and I'll have to put up with whatever you're going through. So be careful where you go. Now, the Bible says that he is faithful. He is faithful, and sometimes we're not. But the good news, he's faithful. I'm talking about God and you this morning, how much he loves you, how much he wants to be with you, how much he wants to be for you. So recapping last week, we talked about how God is with us. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. Now, you might have been disappointed by people that have left you, maybe a spouse, maybe a friend, maybe a business partner, and it hurts. It, it's, it's something that you don't feel good about. And some people make a lot of promises. They say, oh, we're with you. We're right behind you. But they're so far behind you, you can barely even see them. But God said, no, I'm not going to give up on you. I'm not going to leave you. In the, uh, in the uh, um, Amplified, it says this. It says, I will not leave you nor give up. On you, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not. He did it three times for emphasis. Relax in any degree and leave you helpless nor forsake you. Let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Now, this is good news, isn't it? Now, you know the picture. Sometimes you see a mother and her son is no good. And the son has done some crazy things. And he's up for sentencing in the courts. And the mother would be crying in the back, oh, that's my boy, oh, that's my boy, don't do anything to him. And, and they have to say, but ma'am, uh, th that son of yours just robbed three liquor stores, beat up an old lady, ran into two parked cars, and you want to be have merciful to him? Well, God is merciful, but the judge may not be merciful. In Isaiah 49, 15, it says, can a mother forget her nursing child? Will he not have compassion on the child she has born. Though she may forget, I will not forget you. God has compassion no matter what you've done or where you've been. Now, I heard this one story about a pastor, 
and it's told by his son. He said his dad had, com- had compassion on people out on the street. He would go witness to them. And one guy was on heroin. But he accepted the Lord, and the pastor didn't have any place to put him. So he said, come to my house, and I'll put you up. And he put him in the nine-year-old boy's bedroom. Huh. I told my son that. He said, no, I don't think I would do that. Uh, but, and and the, 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 the boy... The boy that accepted the Lord was on heroin, so he's going through all his withdrawals. He's screaming, he's yelling, he's sweating. And then he started throwing up all over the room. And uh, so this is not advisable. You know, it it should be a professional helping somebody to do this. But what happened was, on the second night, the boy woke up, the nine-year-old boy woke up and saw the teenage boy looking outside the window crying. And he said, what happened? Are you okay? He said, Jesus came into my room today, into this room, and he touched me, and he healed me. He delivered me. There's no more pain. There's no more anxiety. I have no more shame. I am delivered. And he went on and started a church and did wonderful things for the Lord. The Lord didn't give up on him. Now, again, I wouldn't recommend that. Don't try that at home. But the Lord said he won't give up on you no matter what you have done. In Lamentations 3.22 says, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, we would have been consumed. Psalms 124 said, If it had not been the Lord who was on my side, we have, uh, when men rose up against us, they would have swallowed us up. Their wrath was kindled against us, and the water was overwhelmed over us, but God was with us. In Romans uh, 8.35 it says, Who? shall separate us from the love of God. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For I am persuaded, he said, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor depth nor height nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? God is with you always, even until the end of time. Now, I had a friend in high school, and he was a very popular guy, but we all deserted him. Why? Well, he went drinking one night, like he usually does, and he got in an accident. But what he did is he ran over a family, believe it or not, in a crosswalk and killed them. And so he lost his license, and no, nobody really wanted to be his friend and because of the stigma that he had. Only his girlfriend, who loved him, stayed with him. But God stayed with him. I tried to stay with him. I tried to be friends with him, but all he really wanted was a ride here and there because he lost his license. So, but God says, I'll, I'll be with you. He'll never drop us off as being a friend. No matter how many tries, times you try, no matter how many times you fail, You know, I I was reading about Thomas Edison. He failed a thousand times trying to create or recreate or uh, not invent, but uh, develop the light bulb, improve it. He made 1,000 unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb. And they said to him, how did you feel about that? failing a thousand times? He said, no, I didn't fail a thousand times. It just took me a thousand steps to get to what I wanted. His teacher said he was too stupid to learn anything. You're not supposed to say that to kids. He was fired from his first two jobs from being unproductive. Isn't that crazy? Thomas Edison. So I don't care where you're at and how many times you failed or what you've done wrong. God is with you, 
and he'll be for you, and he'll help you get through. Now, you ever heard of a product called WD-40? Anybody out there? Okay. Well, do you know what that stands for? WD means water displacement, and 40 is the number of times they attempted to develop this product to make it successful. So they called it WD-40 attempts. Isn't that cute? So whatever you're doing, know that you just keep on keeping on. They say the measure of success is to not give up, not quit. Just keep doing what you need to do. Sometimes you just have to study, study, pray, find out what God is going to do. I, I was reading a story about a lady named Sue Freeze. I think you've heard her on, uh, on the radio. Her son had asthma, severe asthma, threatening to death. So she tried to figure out, how can I develop something, a place that is pure, that my son won't get asthma because of the molecules in the air? She finally devised something, and she became a, a termite control expert and became very famous and very uh, prosperous. So whatever you're going through, your test is your testimony, your mess is your message. We've heard that. So the first part that we want to know is God is with us. The second part is that he's for us. This is important because sometimes we feel like he's not with us and he's not even for us. If you look at the circumstances, you say, God, are you with me? Are you for me? But, you know, God is not looking for a perfect person. He'll never find one because there are no perfect people. But he's looking for the broken, the tarnished, the scarred people that have a past. I, I can remember when my wife and I, we went to Solvang, and we're just kind of touring around and looking at all the shops. And we went into a restaurant, and we said, let's get something to eat. And so we looked at the menu, and it had all these sausage products because, you know, it's out in Germany. I don't really like sausage, so I couldn't find anything. They had all these highfalutin sausage um, dishes. And I said, hmm, what's safe here? I go, how, how about a hot dog? Just give me a hot dog. That was safe. So I got this hot dog, you know, laid open with some stuff around. I don't know what it was, but that hot dog was the best hot dog I ever had. Wow. It was so fabulous, I went to the manager and I said, what, where'd you get that hot dog? That thing was awesome. He said, we just got it at Costco. Really? Okay. So when we got back home, I went to Costco. I bought the hot dog. I took it home. I had a nice new frying pan, beautiful frying pan, stainless steel, glimmering, shining, beautiful. Put that hot dog on there, cooked it up, and I went to eat it and it tasted like a hot dog. It didn't taste the same. I couldn't figure out what the problem was. So a couple years later, we went back to that place. And so I said, let me go to that restaurant and ask the man, what is the thing that made this hot dog special? You know what he told me? He said, I had the same problem you had. Because I bought, that, bought a hot dog at Costco. I took it home, and I cooked it on my grill, and it didn't taste the same. He said, what I found out was the grill that we use in the back has been there for 50 years years. And it's been weathered. It's got experience. It's got uh, oils and fragrances and flavors from the past that all come into that hot dog and make it what it is. Guess what? You got a lot of flavors. <laughs> you got a lot of oil. You got a lot of experience that you can give to somebody else. Not that you were perfect, but because you can minister to them from what you've come through. Amen? So God is looking for you, uh, looking uh, He's with you, and he's working for you. In Psalms 139, 16, he says, All my days were numbered. 
are appointed by the Lord before they were even accomplished. So people ask me, what you doing with your life, Pastor Chuck? Well, I'm just trying to fulfill the book. I'm just trying to fulfill what God has put in my heart, what he wrote down in his book about my days and what he wants me to do. And so I don't worry about where I've been. I'm just concerned about where I'm going. Now, we've had some people in the Bible that had some problems. You know them. Abraham, he lied about his wife. He told Abimelech, oh, that's not my wife. That's my sister. And, and, and so Abimelech took her for a wife. And then all the women in the palace couldn't have babies. And so God came to Abimelech in the night and said, why are you taking another man's wife? He said, I didn't know about that. He told me she was his sister. So he went to Abraham and said, Abraham, what are you doing to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Well, she's my half-sister, so she's kind of my sister. And so, but God didn't uh, get mad at, surprisingly, at Abraham. In fact, Abimelech gave him sheep and oxen and men servants and women servants and gave them to Abraham and restored Sarah, his wife, gave him some land, and they made a peace treaty, and all was well. You would think God would go to Abraham and say, Abraham, you lied. But God went to Abimelech because God is for him. Praise God. What's even more surprising, Abraham's son did the same thing. Pretended like his wife was uh, not his wife. But what happened was, Abimelech looked outside the window, and he saw Abraham, or uh, uh, Isaac, sporting with his wife. And I looked it up, sporting. That means they're laughing, they're giggling. Maybe he was tickling her, you know, like husband and wives do. It, do. And so he looked and he said, that's not his sister. That, that's his wife. And so he called him up, same thing, and he, he, he gave him land and men, men servants. And I can remember when I first met Marianne and I took her to a party that we had at the church, a little gathering, and so one of the mothers came to me and said, well, who's that girl? I said, oh, she's just a friend. And she looked at me and said, she's more than just a friend. I know that right for a fact. I said, okay. I, I, I got, well, 10 weeks later, we got married. So praise God. But God loves you no matter what you do. Now, Jacob, let's look at Jacob. Jacob, he, he tricked his brother so much the so that he had to put on his brother's clothes, put animal skins on his, on his hands so he looked hairy, made his voice deep to pretend like he was his brother, and went to get the blessing from his dad. And his dad said, wait a minute. You, the voice sounds like uh, uh, my son Esau, but come closer here. Let me, let me smell you. And I'm sure Isaac was shaking in his boots thinking, oh, man, what if my dad finds out that I'm not the son that he thinks I am? And so he had a bend over, and Isaac smelled him and said, mm, smells like Isaac, and he gave him the blessing. Well, I'm just mentioning this to show God's faithfulness and commitment to us that he's for us. We can remember David. You know what he did. He slept with Bathsheba and tried to cover it up by having her husband killed in battle. We know the apostle Peter, who denied Christ three times. But when he rose from the dead, Jesus said, go tell my disciples and Peter, I'll meet them in Galilee. He hadn't given up. God hasn't given up on you. I don't care what you've been through, what's happened to you, where you, how you've missed it in the past. 
God is for us. And I get an amen. Praise the Lord. And um, he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye upon you. That's Psalms 32, verse 8. It says, in Proverbs 6, 22, it says, when you walk, my words, they'll guide you. When you sleep, they'll watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. This is wonderful uh, reassurance. The God, I, I don't care what you're going through right now. It may not look like God is working or God is even for us. He is. In Romans 8.31, the apostle Paul was talking about all the things that are happening in the world. And, and look how he answers. He says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who shall be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how much by him shall he freely give us all things? Now this, this is a wonderful promise, whatever situation you're facing. Now I had a member come up to me the other day, and he had a concern about his job and how his unemployment was not working, or his boss was kind of messing with his unemployment. And I said, don't worry about it. God is for you. And he just looked at me and smiled. Oh, he's for me. And so he must be against my boss. I go, yeah, well, if you're a child of God, God is for you. And he, was, he had such reassurance knowing that if God is for us, who can be against us? In Romans 5, 1, it says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. One fellow said, I didn't even know he was mad at me. Well, he wasn't mad at you personally, but he was mad at mankind because of the sin of Adam. So we have to believe that God is with us, that we're blameless and holy before him in love. No matter what we've done, no matter what Adam did, Jesus Christ made us righteous. Now, how does that apply practically? In my life, I can remember we were in a church in Pasadena for 18 years, and it was a blessing. We had a pastor that loved us, took care of us, flew us all around the country, setting up conventions. We do them once a year. We went to all the cities, Cleveland, Atlanta. We met the pastors there. He was over 30 pastors, and it was a joyous time. Then he left, and we got a new pastor. Oh, no, woe is me. Things changed day one. He was, he didn't, we weren't in favor with him as much as we were before. And so, he was, not, uh, he was nice in the pulpit, but when he got out of the pulpit, he wasn't as nice. And so my, my wife, who was actually the assistant administrator there, said, you know, pastor, you're making people upset. It seems like you should be operating more in love. And he just kind of looked at her. Mm -hmm. And so uh, after she left, he walked over to my office and he said, do you know what your wife just said? I said, yeah, that's pretty much true. And he said, okay. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, we got our walking papers, both of us out the door. We had no place to go. And I had heard about this before when I was with the other pastor, how uh, couples would come to them and say their pastor kicked them out or their pastor did them wrong. And they were crying. And I said, well, I'm so, so glad that I don't have that in my life. But now all of a sudden it was. And so one of the praise and worship leaders went to the pastor uh, that had, had told us, uh, he gave us the um, left foot of fellowship, you know, and he, uh, he, she went to him and said, Pastor, why did you do that to Pastor Chuck and Marianne? Why, why did you send them out like that? 
You know what he said? He said, they'll be fine. They'll be f- the hand of the Lord is upon them, and God will take them where they're supposed to go. I said, oh, that's, that's kind of nice, but we didn't know where we were going, but we knew that God was for us. And no matter what you're going through, maybe in a job situation, maybe in a relationship that you're having, God is with you, and he'll take you to the place that you're supposed to go. Praise God. Now, I can remember when we were at the community center. I believe God was for us, even though it didn't seem like anything was going to open up for us to have a church. And I just knew that God was for us. We looked all around town. There was no open buildings. There was no churches uh, there. And, uh, but, and even one pastor said, well, we'll let you come in. And so he got our hopes up. And then he went, we went to the board, and the board said, no, we don't want another church in here. And we said, oh, no. Now what do we do? It took us another two years before we were finally able to come to where we are right now. So God is for you. Don't give up. Believe that God has plans for you, and he's going to take care of us. And I believe the plans are not completed here yet at this church. I believe that we're going to fill this place. It's going to be a place uh, to be a beacon for the community, so people can come in and get healed, get blessed, get delivered, and start a new life in the Lord, and get a new heart, a new heart to serve Him. Amen? Praise God. This is the burden in my heart, and I believe God has placed it there, and I believe those of you that join with us have that same uh, plan or or desire in your heart. So I want to leave you with this. Your life is rigged to be in your favor. You're, you're rigged to succeed. You're rigged to whatever you put your hands to will prosper. That's God behind us. He said, I'm with you. I'm for you. The Bible says, whatever we put our hands to will prosper. So put yourself in God's hands. Pray and let him lead you and guide you. I, I heard this story about an airplane pilot. He was learning how to fly and he had his instructor there with him. And they got into some turbulence. And, and, and the plane was kind of rocking back and forth. He was trying to do all that he could to keep it steady and keep it level. And the instructor said, just take your hands off the, uh, the panel. I'll, I'll fly it right now. And so he took his hands off the panel. But to his surprise, the instructor didn't try to uh, steer it or guide it. He just let it go. And the plane just kind of floated and flew by itself and just went through the turbulence. And he looked at him and he said, sometimes we try to do too much. We try to put too much into it. Try to make it our way. Let God take you where you're supposed to go so that you can just fly with his grace and with his power. Amen? Now, your gifts will make room for you. What God has deposited on the inside of you, he wants to use it for his glory. So allow him to do that. He, he'll put that gift in you, and then he'll put the demand for other people to want what you have. So study, show yourself approved unto God, learn from him, and watch God do wonderful things in your life. There's no limit or restrictions on whatever you put your hand to. Let God take you and do great things for you. Amen? Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I hope it encouraged you so that you can do the things that God wants you to do. These are not just words. This is the heart of God reaching out and wanting to encourage you. God is with us. God is for us. And next week, we're going to find out that God is in us. We need that relationship with the Lord. 
So if you don't have that relationship with the Lord, if you've been in a place where you say, you know, I don't, I'm not even that close to the Lord. Uh, in fact, I don't even know if the Lord knows me. So a lot of times, what we have to do is take that next step, take that step and say, Lord, I want you to come into my life, be Lord of my life, guide me all the days of my life. I want to be part of the family. I want to be uh, uh, your son or your daughter. So if that's you, I want to pray with you right now. If you've never made this confession of faith, a lot of times people say, well, I just, I love the Lord. Well, I liken it to someone that went to, is going to get married and uh, say it's a man, the groom is by the altar and the woman comes down the aisle and uh, he grabs the wife and the preacher says, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife to have and to hold in sickness and health to death? Do you part? And if the groom doesn't say anything, guess what? Nothing happens. All the people go home. And the preacher said, why didn't you say I do? He said, well, everybody knows I love her. Everybody knows I want to marry her. I, I invited all the people. I got all the food. I got the building. He said, but you got to say it. So let's say it today. Let's get into the family. Let's accept Jesus in your heart. Amen? Repeat after me. Say, Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died on the cross. He paid the price for my sins. I thank you, Lord God, that he can come on the inside of me, live in me, be with me and for me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if, you have, if you've gone away from the Lord, don't worry about that. Uh, what's past is past. You can be a, a, a skillet that he wants to use. So, so come to him right now. Let's, let's rededicate ourselves. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you that it touched my heart. I see the enthusiasm Pastor Chuck has for the life that's on the inside of him. I want that enthusiasm. I want that relationship. So if that's you, just say, Lord, I rededicate myself to you. Be Lord of my life. Guide me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, if you answer that call for salvation or rededication, we have a website that's being shown on the screen. It says New Heart for You, and hit contact, and you'll be able to uh, put your name, your phone number in there. We'll contact you. We'll talk with you. We'll encourage you. We'll bring you along in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Or you can call us at 626-332-1472. That's if you need prayer for healing or any personal situations that you are, uh, 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 you know, personal situations that you're facing. We'll call you right back. Just leave a message, and we'll be sure to call you back this very same day. So with that in mind, I thank you for allowing us to come into your home, into your hearts. We thank you. Hopefully next week we'll be back on the lawn and we'll see all of your smiling faces. So God bless you and we'll see you next week. Okay, we're going to close out our service with a great song, Your Grace is Enough. God, you rest.
sinner's restless heart You lead us by still waters into mercy And nothing can keep us apart Everybody, we'll see you next week.